Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. And this week we're talking about preparing for persecution, preparing for trial, preparing for tribulation. It's a good theme, I think, to have in this season of Lent. And it's a good theme because it's something that Jesus taught about. It's something that the apostles taught about. And they prepared people to understand and to be readied for the opposition that necessarily comes when we're in cultural contexts where the predominant attitudes, predominant belief systems resist the will of God. And when people start pressing against the preaching of the gospel, pressing against the Lord, the kingdom, his His authority, and the rest of it. So for Jesus, it was the norm. He understood it, and he spoke about it. I mean, when the apostles first heard Jesus speak about it, when Peter, for example, had just under the grace of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the God the Father, acknowledged Jesus as Lord, right? That he's the Messiah. He said, thou art the Messiah, the son of the living God. When Jesus asked the question of the brothers, who do people say that I am? And Peter bursts out and then Jesus, Jesus is happy. He rejoices because he looks at Peter and said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, Peter, but my heavenly father has. And Jesus was rejoicing because the father's grace the timing, the fullness of time had come. And now the Father's beginning to open hearts and the declaration is coming forth from the mouth first of Peter and the apostles of who Jesus really truly is. Peter's feeling pretty good at that point. And then when Jesus accepts that declaration from Peter and says, yes, essentially, this is who I am. Yes, the Father is communicating that to you, brothers. And his friends now, were beginning to internalize and, and their minds were opened to the reality of, wow, this is who he is. You know, because there were, there's the movie Jesus of Nazareth years ago, the one that came out in the 70s. There's some really great scenes in that movie as well, but there's one which after a day of healings and raising from the dead and spiritual combat, the apostles, they're all together, I think at Peter's mother's house there, or Peter's house in Capernaum, and they're sitting there and Jesus is sleeping and they're kind of scattered around the room. A couple of the other guys are sleeping. Others are just kind of staring and sitting and thinking and contemplating what happened. And I think it's Matthew in that scene turns to Peter, one of the other apostles, and um, looking at Jesus and what happened. And they're like, well, what happened today? Like, we just saw food get multiplied. Like, 5,000 people were fed and leftovers or that girl was actually raised from the dead today. And then, who, who is this guy? Who is he? And then Matthew saying, remember a line saying, our, our lives will never be the same. Never be the same. As they began to see by God's grace through signs and wonders and through the help of the Holy Spirit who Jesus is. And they were in awe and a kind of healthy fear of the Almighty God was resting on them. And they were able then to see. So Peter makes the declaration of who Jesus is. And then Jesus tells them that the son of man is going to be handed over to the religious leaders, to the Romans, and that he would be crucified. He would suffer and die. And Peter's like, no, Lord, 
That can't be. And how does Jesus respond to Peter in the moment? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus knew his destiny. But for Peter, and you can, you can understand Peter. I mean, it's understandable. I mean, this just doesn't compute. How could the Father's Messiah, how could the Messiah have that as a destiny? And even later on, how could one who raised, who was raised from the dead, who poured out his Holy Spirit, how is it that we have to suffer? Suffer trials and the rejection of the world. That's the same kind of temptation we can have. And I want to read from uh, the Sermon on the Mount, this critical teaching, you know, that the Lord has given, this, the central teaching beyond just the declaration of the Lordship and majesty of Jesus, the basic kerygma, you have the, the way of life of the Christian people communicated by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle, as a friend of mine describes it, and it's really true. And so the Beatitudes are the heart of it. It's the new law. It's what the way in which the Holy Spirit is going to lead people to the blessed life, the way of life. And so beginning in verse 1 of chapter 5, it said, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. He's sitting down like the posture up on the mountain, talking about this is the place of encounter, this is the place of revelation. He sits down, he's the new Moses, he's in the posture of a teacher. In verse 3, he begins the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying, what's the blessed life? The whole world wants to ultimately gain what? The world. How does ultimate fulfillment happen? in a human being? How do we reach our highest destiny? And Jesus is saying, this is the pathway. It's radically different than the world. It requires being poor in spirit, to look to God for everything, to mourn, to actually have your heart broken over the resistance that's in the world, and even the resistance in the church, and how sometimes the church is distant you know, from the will of God, to weep like the Lord wept over Jerusalem, to be meek, That means to have strength under control, to walk. Jesus said, I'm meek and I'm humble of heart. I'm gentle. I'm kind. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they're the ones who are satisfied. How does the human heart get satisfied? Well, the world's selling us false idols every day and lies about how you're going to be satisfied, how you're going to come into the perfect body, the perfect, you know, relationship, you know, the perfect food, everything, how you're going to, you know, find rest in this world. The enemy's constantly selling these things. And Jesus is saying, no, here's where the gold is. Be pure in heart, then you'll see God. And when you see God, you'll see the love of God, the favor of God, the holiness of God, the purity of God. And it'll start to change. It'll transform you. Blessed are those who are peacemakers, who who want to bring out, follow Jesus. And he's the one who brought peace between the human race and the Father. That's where it began. And the peace now that comes from being forgiven, being united to the Father now is in us. And he wants us to be conduits of peace in the world. And then, and here's the point that I want to really focus on today, verses 10 and 11. 
right in this critical teaching that is the foundation of the kingdom, the way of life in the kingdom, is the way to put it. He said, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying, when you're persecuted, because you're rightly related to the Father, you're walking in the righteousness of the sons and daughters of God. You're living in the kingdom that's different than the patterns of this fallen world. When you walk in, he said, when you're persecuted, remember, the kingdom of heaven in its fullness is your reward, is your destiny. Jesus isn't saying something's wrong when that happens. He's basically saying, expect it. And then he, and then he doubles down in verse 11. He said, blessed are you. So hear this today, friends. John, who might be listening today, or Susan, who might be listening today, or Mary, who, or Peter, or Paul, or whoever. You're listening to these words today. Receive it. Little Lexio Divina. Put yourself in this situation. Imagine you being there on the Mount, the Mount of Beatitudes, and Jesus is speaking. And your eyes meet with Jesus when he got to this part of the Beatitudes. And he looked at you. And he said, blessed are you when men revile you, when they persecute you, when they utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus was talking to disciples there, not just to the twelve to the 70 and even more, right? There were probably hundreds and hundreds of people there at his feet who were becoming his followers. And so Jesus is helping his disciples understand to get a right understanding of reality and the true road to fulfillment, happiness, that will be the most meaningful way you can live on the earth that's moving toward the full revelation of the kingdom of God when the Jesus comes again and he reigns and and heaven and earth come together in him ultimately. It began in his incarnation, but it's moving toward a, a marriage between, right, when he comes again, his bride, his church, which is the sign and presence of the kingdom on earth, is finally united with no fallen world, no demonic temptation, no fallen flesh and the rest of it. Jesus is saying, this lifestyle that I'm teaching you about, what I'm calling blessed, this is the life of the kingdom. And this is following in my footsteps. And this is really the road to happiness for you. You know what he's not saying in here? Blessed are you when you make a ton of money. You know, blessed are you when you've got all the material you could possibly have and you got five homes all over the world and you've got, or whatever, you know what I mean? Or that your softball team just won the state championship. <laughs> whatever. I mean, those things are fine. Those things are fine. But he, he's saying that's not the gold. That's not the treasure. The real value is what I'm teaching you here. And so Jesus knew that these dispositions, these attitudes, the, the mind and the heart that's being expressed here, that leads to a different way of living. And he puts his finger on those new habits, those new ways of understanding reality and living in that reality 
and what will ultimately be rewarded in heaven for all eternity. We have to live with an eternal perspective and just be thankful, not only for the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, but how Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount. And to say, ask the question in this season of Lent, how do I think about this stuff? Probably none of us have ever been reviled or persecuted or had people publicly utter evil things against us falsely because of our relationship with Jesus, because of our life in the church. It's starting to heat up that way. It's coming for some people in our culture. I mean, all over the world, there's an enormous amount of persecution happening to Christians around the world. Just read some stuff about Nigeria recently. Oh, it's unbelievable how many people are being killed there and persecuted. What does Jesus say? Run, fight back. What does he say? Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. In Luke's gospel, he said, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and revile you and defame you on my account. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For surely your reward is great in heaven. And for that is what the ancestors did to the prophets as well. One of the things we need, Lord, help us to really understand, Lord, what's truly valuable, the eternal reward that awaits us and the faithful witness we're meant to exhibit on the planet. Help us, Lord, while we're here. Friends, I wrote a little booklet called Receiving Fire that you can get free here at the end of the program. You can you can order. And I think it'll help Give more of this perspective. And if you can help us in any way in the ministry, in financial support, prayer, whatever, encourage you to do that. You can find a donation button right there on our website at renewalministries.net. But God bless you. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.